Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? episode number 48 <clears throat> today um, I've got a good friend and colleague um, who just started coaching uh, I talked about him a little bit in the past few episodes his name is Thad McNeil um, I am gonna have him as a, a coach on my staff for the uh, MR running pains coaching uh, he's a nice enthusiastic young man uh, he's up on the website his information is there if you want to reach out to Thad. Um, and you know, today we, uh, we discuss coaching. Um, he'll hear us get a little bit, uh, <clears throat> a little bit passionate, <laughs> uh, about, about coaching and, and, uh, philosophies and ideas. Um, you know, not only, um, becoming a coach and being coached, but, um, you know, as an athlete, what should you look for in a coach? Um, I love this conversation. Um, 
you know, and it's, uh, it starts out just kind of getting to know Thad a little bit, and then it evolves into the, the coaching conversations, which we take in a number of different directions. So I hope you'll have a listen. Um, and, uh, if you're in need of coaching and, and want to reach out to us, again, you know, we're on the website, our contacts on the website. So uh, if you listen to this, uh, please do reach out. <clears throat> we certainly appreciate it. Um, my ranks are getting pretty full, so, but always reach out, you know, and if, if I can't, um, you know, and you don't feel comfortable with, uh, with uh, Thad uh, for, you know, uh, yeah, we'll try to make sure you find somebody that, you know, that you do have a good fit with. So, um, <clears throat> also, uh, I did join Patreon. Uh, so there's a donation link, um, you know, a Patreon link on, uh, MR running pains on the homepage, as well as, uh, on the podcast page. I'll talk a little bit more about that on the end and, uh, and catch up with you guys on everything else that's going on after our interview with Thad McNeil. I hope you enjoy. As I said in my introduction, um, I have with me uh, Coach Thad McNeil. And uh, Thad, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's great to to be able to chat about this as as you and I know each other. But um, you know, I'd like like everybody to get a, a good feel for for Thad and and for coaching. You know, we're going to try to touch today on a lot of topics about coaching and um, you know who it's right for and who it may not be right for. So, uh, thank you for being a part of this conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> um, as I do in, in my podcast, I also like to say Thad and I are recording on uh, January 8th, um, 2021. And, uh, you know, uh, the reason I, I do that, just as I say, every week is things change a lot. So if you hear something um, <laughs> that we recorded and something happens after after this date, to the contrary, you understand why <laughs> why it's uh, recorded as such. So, um, but let's start with uh, with you, Thad. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, you know, just, uh, where you grew up, uh, your likes and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm a native to Asheville. I've lived in Asheville my entire life, specifically the Fletcher area. So not quite the, the hub of Asheville. Um, I, my love for running really started in high school. I started running my freshman year. And I decided quickly into my running career that the longer distances were what I was more catered to and what felt better on my legs. So I started running marathons when I was 17 in high school and my, my junior year of high school. Um, and in doing so, after running my first marathon, I qualified for Boston. So that became my main focus for a little while. Um, started running some half marathons as tune-ups for Boston. and then. I got injured right before Boston, which was a big hit and pivotal point in my running career. And it, it made me think about a lot of different things. Um, and, and right after watching Boston and not being able to run it, a few months later, I ran my first ultra marathon, which could kind of converted me to the, the trail scene. Um, I have been working at a running store since I was 16. And that is where my love for ultras and my obsession with it really fostered and grew. Uh, I, I I was surrounded by all these crazy, awesome trail runners. And I was like, ah, oh, I want to do that when I get older. And then I realized, why don't I just do it right now? 
And then I did it right now. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, soon after I started running ultra marathons, I also took on a few athletes um, as a coach, um, not as anything official. I, I was mostly just coaching friends and for, for um, just not really any sort of pricing with it. Um, and they, they were very ambitious. And I, one of my athletes ran their first ultra marathon later last year. And that was really awesome to be a part of. And uh, another one of my athletes, I don't want to like give any names or anything, but she had a, a really awesome, uh, pitchel experience. And I was really happy to be a part of that as well. Um, school wise, I went to AC Reynolds high school and I, ran there for four years. I did cross country track and indoor track. And then I went to the university of North Carolina at Charlotte to study biomechanics and kinesiology. Um, technically I was a pre-kinesiology major. Um, I, I, I figured that I, I did not like Charlotte very much. It wasn't very conducive to my, um, my, my running goals of competing in trail ultra marathons in a city. Um, and I, and I was still competing during that time. So it was really tough on me. Um, that's also kind of the, the time period when COVID hit. So I came back home and transferred to UNCA and continued my education there. Um, and, and that's when I decided to get certified as a coach. I had been coaching this entire time and it is a hobby that I, really, really wanted to turn into a career if it was at all, at all possible. And um, I, I looked into certifications and I talked to Aaron about it a lot because I trust, I trust you and I trust your recommendations. So I, I, I ended up getting certified through UESCA. It was a really great company and, and um, experience. And here I am now, I'm, I'm taking on some athletes. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so, uh, what really inspired you, do you think, to try to make that transition um, from, you know, full-time student to, uh, to being a, uh, a full-time coach? Well, I figured that while I was trying to figure out my career path, as most college students do, I'm like, ah, I'm going to go get this piece of paper, and then what? And I figured that my dream job would be coaching athletes. And I realized that it's not necessarily a college degree that allows you to do that, but specific certifications that aid you in doing so. Technically, you don't need a college degree or a certification to coach athletes. But I would, after my experience, I would highly encourage people who are looking to get into coaching to utilize a certification. I think that it would be very difficult to do so without it. I agree. Um, I think that... uh you know, having a kind of exercise physiology um, understanding. And I, I've heard um, coach Jason Coop, who's, you know, somebody that I, I look up to as a coach um, says that, you know, every coach should take the uh, exercise physiology 101 um, just as something as a, a background into, uh, into coaching. Um, and so that's, you know, um, diving into what uh, Jason has now, um, spun into his own kind of course with the, 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 uh, the certification, uh, group that you were just talking about, UESCA. Um, they have created an ultra running 
coaching certification, which I was telling Thad about. And uh, Jason collaborated with them. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been reading through that. And Jason does get into, uh, you know, exercise physiology, which they did in the running module. So um, this certification that, that Thad is talking about, they, uh, they have two different running certifications. One is just um, basically um, running, endurance running, and the other one is ultra running. So, um, you know, I, I've, I have the running one as well and now working on the ultra, but I think exercise physiology is, is a great thing. Um, but, um, you know, talking about the certification for a minute, if you don't mind, um, yeah. <laughs> What, uh, what did that entail for, for you? Let's talk about the, uh, this certification. Cause, um, you know, I, like you said, I think it's a great thing to continue education. Um, you know, I've, I've gone through a few different types of certifications. What did this one, what was it like for you? Yeah. So I, I honestly went into the coaching certification, very confident. I having a background of studying biomechanics and kinesiology, I was I was fairly confident that I wouldn't learn anything new and I would just get this certification and be like, ah, yes, you are now certified to coach and this is this is your credibility behind it. Um what I got um instead of that was a lot of information and just useful experiences that I did not think that I was going to get from this certification. Um the physiology aspect of it is extremely in-depth and it required a lot more studying than I actually imagined for it to be. The final test is um, quite in-depth and tricky at times to remember all of the the nuances to the the, the actual certification itself. Yep. Oh, absolutely. That was a, a long test to sit through. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was interesting um, in the way that they rolled out, uh, and it's the same thing with their ultra running certification. Uh, the platform is basically, um, you know, go at your own pace, read these modules, um, and you have the test at the end. Um, did you feel that was, um, was that, was it ever, I guess, um, overwhelming? I mean, you're looking at, I think there's like 24 different modules that you had to go through, uh, in order to get to the exam. So now you've, you know, you get to the exam and you've gone through 24 modules. Whereas like when you started on module number one, I'm sure it wasn't like a a short time, you know, uh, you know, uh, that, that had transpired before the exam. So how did, how did it feel in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I kind of went into the certification being like, I want to complete this in X amount of time so that I can get my business up and running by the, uh, the new year. Um, so I believe I started in late September, early October. So I really didn't give myself a whole lot of time to go through this jam-packed module. But since it was my main focus during the time, and that was what I was really putting all of my time into other than working at the running store, uh, I that kind of became my life for a bit of just studying it, um, going through each module. I would just uh, go in order one to twenty four, um, or however many there were. I I, I don't quite remember, um, but then I would go back through periodically and touch on stuff that I didn't quite remember. It was really helpful that they had practice tests that were really in-depth as well and had similar questions that were on the final, but not necessarily exact ones. So I knew kind of like what key points to emphasize on and studying and which ones I needed to work on. Um, but at the end of the day, just like 
the wealth of knowledge that I gained from specifically this one certification. Uh, it, it makes me really hopeful for potentially getting into other certifications in the future. And um, it just really makes me um, hopeful to the future of certifications for, for people, not only just in the poaching, coaching profession, but other professions as well. Exactly. Um, and, you know, we always uh, like to say um, that nor I have any affiliation with this, this particular certification. Both of us just found it very educational and informative. Um, you know, uh, I have uh, certifications now um, with the RRCA Roadrunners Club of America. Um, I just passed their level two. Um, so I have their level one, level two. I also have the Lydiard level one and level two. Um, but going through those was a completely different experience in that, like we did, um, uh, you know, more, well, they were virtual, but, you know, you go through coursework. Um, I think my, my uh, level one for the RRCA was the only one that I took that was in person. But even so, we still had, um, you know, seminars, in other words, that we had to sit through and listen to the information. Um, you know, we had texts that we went through. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, for level one, you know, you basically you take your test and get your level one. But level one leaves you wanting more. Um, you know, you kind of feel like you touched the tip of the iceberg, but you're not quite like you don't quite get the full grasp of of, uh, of the coaching, you know, experience. How do you really, how do you really coach? How do you make a difference? How do you program? You know, it's, it's very difficult in that regard to, to do that in a level one course. So, you know, it, it intrigued me to go further. And when I went into the level two, um, you know, I, I was hoping to, to gain more. Now, Arthur Lydiard was, was, you know, a lot, very complete. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a training program. It's, you know, you do this, this, and this, and this progression. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I look forward to taking the level three here pretty soon. Um, but RRCA, they did it in a different regard. We did take our seminar, we took our test, and then you had to do 15 online modules. So you had to watch videos and there were a broad range of topics, uh, which kind of exposed you to a number of things, whether it be ultra running, um, trail running, it could be coaching sub elites, it could be walk run, it, it was nutrition, yoga, uh, strength training. There was a bunch of different modules, which was great for the exposure and, and giving me that um, kind of broad spectrum view of things that we can coach, even youth coaching. Um, so it, it was great in that regard. Um, but like you were saying, I really felt the UESCA was very comprehensive. So anybody looking into uh, coaching certification, um, I do recommend that that UESCA, whether it be the uh, the running certification or the ultra running certification, depending on, on what you're coaching or what you're looking to coach. It's uh, it's very it's, it's very comprehensive. So um, but um, like the other thing uh, that we should talk about here with, um, you know, not only certification, but making coaching uh, accessible. You know, I think some people um, are. Um, I don't know if they're intimidated or just feel that, you know, they're not right for coaching, but, um, you know, like it's, it feels like we should um, be able to have um, more coaches out there. You know, do you have any ideas for, for, for those that are, uh, you know, thinking about it or any suggestions or, um, you know, obviously you went after it. So what would be your, your words to those that are looking to get into coaching? Yeah, um, I just think that that right now it, it seems like there's not a whole lot of awareness and vocalization of the process of becoming a running coach, uh, at least for me. Um, 
I was lucky enough to be surrounded by people that were in the same profession that I was looking to pursue. And I don't think that without you, Aaron, or without other people encouraging me to me- to take this plunge, it would have been as easy for me to do this um, because I, I would be let- have so many questions as to if this is possible or if it's uh, possible to, to make a living off of this profession. Um, but I think that just awareness should be spread that the you can do a whole lot with a certification. You can do anything with a certification if you put your mind to it. It is all about how much work you put into it and how willing you are to see the process through and succeed. Um, that that's kind of my take on the process, um, especially in regards to certifications in general. I really think that people shouldn't be apprehensive to try to take a plunge when the risk reward factor is not necessarily super dire. It's not like you're spending an excessive amount of money on classes and it's not in a super in-depth time commitment as well, depending on the certification, obviously. Right. I I think the other piece of that is that, you know, that's, that's often um, talked about, but never addressed is that, you know, we don't see as many female coaches. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that in some of these, um, virtual courses that I did actually see quite a few females, um, going after their certifications. And, you know, my goal with MR running pains coaching, you know, obviously, um, that is coming on board here. I'm going to be mentoring dad and, 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 you know, getting him to, to be up on his own two feet for coaching. But I would also like to have a female uh, presence in MR running pains coaching. Um, you know, I, like I have a good relationship with uh, the females that I coach. Um, but I think, you know, there's, we would be remiss to say that, you know, having a, a female presence um, and especially someone that, you know, can, can relate better to the, the other gender, um, you know, that would be a great addition to our program. So, um, for any females that are out there and, and considering, you know, coaching and, and, you know, wanting to, to learn more about coaching or being part of a, of a team like we are, um, you know, please reach out to us. I would love to have, uh, you know, a like-minded female on, uh, on our team. So, um, you know, don't hesitate. Yeah, to absolutely. Um, so let's go back to, to kind of define coaching, right? So like, how would you define a coach? Yeah. Um, so I guess just defining a coach in general, I would say it's a person in which their job is to carefully craft adaptable training plans, specifically for athletes that need individual needs vary. Um, I, I think it can mean a lot of other things as well, um, going into like plans that are pre-made and non-adaptable, but generally how I would like to personally coach is to make adaptable training plans for athletes and be able to morph that into whatever is best for their needs specifically. Um, I don't think that's the only definition of a coach. I just think that's kind of what I'm looking for as a coach and in my practice. How, how about you? Like, like how would you specifically design define a coach? I would say a coach, you know, um, as we're about to talk on the talk about is takes on, um, a plethora of roles in, in, and the fact that they have to be so many different, uh, or wear so many different hats, uh, for, for the, the athletes they're coaching, um, in the fact that, you know, we have to make, um, 
well-rounded athletes um, and put their health at the forefront. You know, we never want to um, put an athlete at risk by letting them do too much or, you know, the wrong thing. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's as, as we'll, well, let's just talk about, um, you know, the, the roles, uh, of a coach. I think that helps define what a coach is. So, um, what are some of the roles you think a coach plays? Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like, as you said, there's a plethora of roles that coaches need to undertake, and they also need to understand which roles they are not obligated to be a part of or not allowed to take part in. Um, but but examples of roles they, they definitely should be filling is making sure that they're being very insightful all the time and keep open communication with all of their athletes um, and just be able to pick up on those those minute situational needs of an athlete because um, every every athlete is different and individual and s- sometimes you have to be insightful and realize that your athlete is not specifically telling you everything that is going on in their life and you might have to have those hard conversations of like are you are you doing this specifically or are you under training and lying about it on on your training plan, which is also something that we were trained for in certifications. Um, and, and, and as I was saying, there's also definitely roles that you should not be taking on as a coach and you're not allowed to. And that would be if a athlete happened to get injured, injured, um, whether it be from a, a myriad of different factors, whether it be overtraining or just like a blunt force injury, um, we are not allowed to prescribe, prescribe like, um, specifically exercises to help come back from that that's a physical therapist job and that's when we use our expertise and our knowledge of the surrounding area to be like ah you live here you we could refer you to xyz physical therapist who lives who who is set up closer to where you live um or or if if a athlete gets sick and is wanting to run through a sickness then you it's your job to say no, it's probably not the best idea to run through a cold because you're not going to recover as well and your muscles are not going to be as adaptive and I would prescribe you and defer you to a doctor rather than, you know, me going off of my own expertise. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, before we, we hopped on this conversation, I was kind of going through one of the the modules for that, the next certification. And um, it, it talks about the different roles kind of just in the first module. Um, you know, the, and this is from the UESCA ultra running, um, they say, you know, uh, a coach could be, um, a psychologist, um, uh, a, uh, a leader, a motivator, um, a disciplinarian, uh, operations manager, instructor, educator, uh, you know, so there's so many different things that a coach has to do, but as you say, those are, um, defined by certain limits, um, you know, like one of those gray areas that often coaches kind of get placed into, especially with ultra runners is talking about, uh, you know, nutrition and where is that line? Where do we find that line as to, okay, now we're getting into the parameters of a dietitian or a nutritionist. Um, so, I mean, you know, what I kind of term, um, nutrition, uh, I only talk about, you know, race day as, you know, we've got, 
we've got this, um, uh, you know, distance that we're trying to cover and, you know, we are going to expend you know, obviously this many calories. So our plan is to take this many calories per hour, um, you know, so far as what that may be and what's the, the best, uh, nutrients and, um, you know, um, um, uh, protein and carb carbohydrate ratios. That's, you know, when we get into that stuff, I, I kind of defer more to a uh, dietitian if people want to get more specific, especially with their dairy, uh, excuse me, daily um, dietary needs. You know, when we get into when they ask stuff about daily dietary needs and you know, how many calories and such should they be eating per day, then I defer to a dietitian and say, you know, that's that's more a question for, for them. Um, so we have to know our bounds as well. Um, and just like you said, with, you know, injuries and such, um, the only thing a coach should be able to say is, you know, put ice on it, <laughs> yeah. um, beyond that. Yeah. We have to refer out to, uh, a physician, um, a physical therapist, as you said, uh, you know, so it's, um, it is, there are limitations to coaching. Mm -hmm. And especially with like nutrition is such a difficult gray area for coaching as you were, you were elaborating on earlier. And I just, I, with all of my athletes, I always reinforce the fact that I am in no way available to prescribe any sort of eating plan. Um, and even general suggestions about that kind of stuff is, is frowned upon. It's not, it's not the coach's job really. What I do want to put a key focus on is I always make sure that all of my athletes are eating enough. Um, I tend to constantly remind my athletes to make sure that they're fueling well um, and eat. I would almost rather them eat more than enough as opposed to anything else. Um, I don't think that running as a sport or as an activity or a hobby um, should not be used as a means to feel anxious control over food. And I feel like that's a big problem. Probably a big problem for another podcast is um, just people using running as a means to control anxiety and, and food consumption. Um, and I think it's a big problem that does need to be talked about more. But I also think that it is within the reins of a coach to make to to ask if they're eating enough and making sure that your athletes are not at a risk of injury because they are in a caloric deficit right right good points good points um so um moving on to how how have you been impacted by uh people that have coached you L let's start with uh positive experiences what are some some things that, you know, positively, and, and this can be, you know, positive experiences that have shaped you as the person you are today, um, as the athlete you are today and as the coach you are today. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't had a, a, a very extensive history of having multiple coaches. Um, I haven't had say a private coach, um, but I've had almost a group of friends that have acted as my, my sounding board. Um, as I said earlier, I have been working at FootRx since I was 16 years old, so quite a long time now. And all of the athletes there are stellar and have helped me with through their personal experience be able to become a better athlete myself. And just running with them, existing with them has turned me into a more well-rounded, more driven and positive athlete. Um, 
I guess more positive impacts that I've had from coaching would be from high school because that's when I had a dedicated coach. I had a really awesome coach in high school. He really, really knew his stuff. Very educated. Um, again, not throwing names out there. Um, but he, I think that the thing that helped him the most in high school competitively was not necessarily the the the, the individualized coaching but it was the team aspect. I think that the team aspect really helped me thrive as an athlete because it helped me further my competitive nature and drove me to train extremely hard. And um, and in some cases, probably too hard for a high schooler. I was that, and that kind of segues into negative experiences coaching. Um, I wasn't reined in very much in high school. Um, By the end of my high school running career, I was running hundred plus mile weeks, um, and and training for for marathons on the road. I was I was training for for Boston at the time. Um so so being 17 18 years old and running that kind of volume is something that in my opinion should not really be done all that often in specific scenarios maybe, but in my specific use case I don't think that this would have been recommended and I I really wasn't reined in as much as I believe that I should have. And I think that's a big, big, big part of being a coach, Um, especially with one of my athletes. Um, She came on and the first thing that I did was like, we're going to have to lower this volume a ton and then make it way more specified. Um, You still want the same stimulus, but it should not just be volume, 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 volume for all scenarios. Some scenarios call for that, obviously, but you know, um, in my opinion, I think that I could have benefited by having more individualized coaching. Sure. I think when I look back at, uh, at coaching throughout my life, those who, who coached me, especially, um, I was most impacted by those that were invested in me that, that showed they cared. Um, you know, they, um, they you know took the time to check on me, um, you know to uh, to uh, to manage me individually. Um, I didn't feel like I was being um, just fed a you know a, a cookie cutter program. It was you know it wasn't a cut and paste. Um, they listened. They communicated. Um, you know, and I think I think those are things that really shape me as a coach. You know, seeing how I was um, dealt with by, you know, God knows how many coaches at this point in my life. Um, it's, I saw the good and the bad and, and took what I perceived as the good. Now, you know, others may not like that. And I'm not saying that I am the right coach for everybody. You know, it's, um, there are, there are certain coaches out there that fit the mold and, you know, people are, are completely happy with that coach. Whereas I may not fit that mold and, you know, I, I was not happy with that coaching circumstance. So, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of taking what you know about yourself and matching that to a coach um, or in this, you know, same vein, uh, you know, knowing what you are as a coach and what you like to do and expressing that to an athlete so they understand who you are, what your message is, and what can they expect from you consistently? Um, 
you know, I, I had a great conversation today with, uh, with an athlete, uh, that's, that's thinking about coming on board. Um, and the, the athlete expressed to me that they were very frustrated with a previous coach because of lack of communication. Um, I, you know, I am, I use training peaks, uh, for those of you that know training peaks and I'm on there on a daily basis, communicating with the athletes. Um, you know, and, uh, it's, it's almost to the point where, you know, it, like they may not want to hear from me because I, 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 you know, I get on there so much and, and try to let them know what's going on and, and what I'm seeing or what I'm concerned about. Um, so, you know, it, but being upfront about that, like letting athletes know that you are a communicator, that you are involved, you are engaged, um, or you're more hands off, you know, being upfront about that stuff. That's all really important things that the runner needs to know upfront about you. How involved are you? How engaged are you? Are you just going to send a plan and check in every week? Are you going to check in daily? Are you going to send a calendar for the month? And, you know, if the you know athlete has questions, it's their responsibility to reach out. Like, you know, these are all things that coaches need to be very upfront about and, uh, and, and let their athletes know. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that, as you know, um, we, we did a zoom call on Wednesday with the team. Um, you know, I, I sent out the video to all the athletes today. Uh, so we give them a chance to reach out to us through that. Um, I send out a weekly call schedule so that we can set up times to, to have a phone conversation. Um, you know, my email is always accessible messages, you know, through email are always accessible. So, um, I think, you know, communication is, is, you know, one of those huge aspects of coaching. So, um, you know, we, you started to touch on that earlier. Um, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, what are a few other things that you can think of that are essential in a, in a coach athlete relationship? Yeah, I think just, um, not only is communication just kind of like the number one thing, but, I also think that being able to be flexible, adaptive, and individual is really important. Just kind of going back to that individuality thing that I, I keep touching on. And that's so important to me because that really has uh, melded my coaching philosophy. And I, I also think that another thing that is pretty pretty simple to think about, but in practice is kind of hard to to kind of follow through with is commitment to the plan. Um, the training plan specifically, if you have an athlete that is consistently underdoing or over or overdoing, especially overdoing um, stuff on the plan and then not relaying that to the coach, that is extremely detrimental to the process. Um, I, I, I think that almost never is there any sort of benefit from overdoing a training plan with without letting the coach know that you're like, oh, this didn't feel like it was enough. And it's like, okay, well, this wasn't supposed to like push you into the well. This was supposed to be a workout that wasn't going to completely wreck you for the next few weeks. So now we have to alter the training plan. Um, it's just something, again, that without open and honest communication, that's not going to be something that's going to work out. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think... Um, Athlete input is also um, integral. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, these athletes are coming to you probably with their own experiences, their own history and training. They have seen what works for them. Um, and so, you know, you going totally off script, not, you know, not listening to, to what, uh, what they say, you know, and this goes back to communication. 
um, you're not doing uh, service to the athlete if, if you're not listening to their training history um, and what's worked and what's not worked um, because there has to be a level of trust uh, between the two of you. You have to trust the athlete to say, um, you know, um, I mean, training peaks is great because we can get a picture of what's going on. Uh, we can look and see, you know, uh, well, you know, are they, are they fatigued? Are they tired? Are they making adaptations? Um, you know, or are they not? And so when we see some things and we start to notice trends, when we look at metrics like the, you know, resting heart rate or, you know, um, the uh, just uh, heart rate during uh, an easy effort. If those are elevated, you know, something's going on and we need to, you know, say, Hey, listen, are you tired? Are you sick? Um, you know, are you stressed? What's, what's going on? So uh, and a lot of that goes back to communication and trust, just being able to be open and honest about the, what's going on between, uh, between uh, the athlete and the coach. Um, so, um, you know, and then I think the other thing is commitment. Um, it, like, you know, uh, if, if an athlete comes to the program, you know, like they need to make sure they're committed to, to coaching and being willing to listen to what the coach has to say. Um, I know that sounds really funny, but you know, I mean, there has been cases where I've asked an athlete, are you sure you want to be coached? Um, yeah, that's, and we can talk about those athletes that, you know, don't necessarily, need coaching. But I mean, you know, the reality is like some people come, they think they want to be coached, but they don't. <laughs> and it's, you know, I mean, if you're not committed to the idea of being coached, that's, you know, that's starting off on the wrong foot. Um, so you have to be willing to, to, you know, to listen to, to the coach. And again, like, you know, if things aren't going the way you want, you have to voice that up and then, you know, listen to what's the reasoning for the, the training methodology or, you know, um, are, you know, is the coach failing on their part? You know, that's coaches should be held accountable as well. You know, if they're not making adaptations to the coaching schedule based on what's, you know, what they're seeing, then, you know, that's on the coach as well. And you can hold them accountable for, you know, for not taking their responsibilities as seriously or as committed as they should be. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah definitely any other thoughts on that no i think you really you really nailed it on the head with the the especially the commitment part i totally agree with you um just some athletes specifically think that they're doing something right and are like okay i want to coach just to reinforce this and then when they get conflicting information from the coach it's something that they butt heads with and they want to do their own thing and you're like, okay, as you said, are, are you sure you want to be coached? Because I think you might benefit better by being a solo runner and doing this on your own. It's going to depend on the coach too and their coaching style. You know, that's, that's huge. Like um, I, I'm very upfront with saying I'm not a disciplinarian, you know, like I will, I will say like, are you okay? Are you running? Like, like, I'm not going to yell at you. Like, I'm not that type of drill sergeant. Like I, I, I never, like, it's not my style. Um, you know, some people need that. And if they need that, that, you know, that drill sergeant style coach, they need to find that person that's comfortable with that. But I'm very upfront when we start to say like, listen, I'll check on you. I'll make sure you're okay. And I feel horrible if I don't follow up and check on somebody if they're not okay. Um, but you know, it, it's, I'm not here to yell, uh, especially, you know, like I, I want you to, 
um, you know, to, to want to go for a run and I'll try to motivate you the best I can, but you know, there's, there's certain coaches that will be that drill sergeant that will kind of get after you and, and, you know, get angry with you for, for not being on there. But, you know, that's, that's not my style. Like I've, I've seen too much in, in life, you know, that <laughs> I understand with kids, especially that's, you know, the other thing is that we have to remember what their lives entail. Uh, you know, these are athletes that run but they also have uh, jobs, they have families, you know, so we have to take their lives into consideration as well. Um, you know, so, I mean, stress is stress. When you have a stressful job and a stressful home life, and then you add running on top of it, that's when you really have to be careful with your athletes. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's understanding what they're going through as well. Uh, you know, they may have a, a really tough time. I mean, 2020 was tough on a lot of people. It created a tremendous amount of stress, uh, it, whether it be, you know, uh, with work, uh, could be finances, you know, it could be at home. So, you know, like it's again, being open with what's going on and it, not to say that you have to nitpick and ask for the details as a coach. We just want to know, like, are you okay? Are you stressed? Is there, you know, are you dealing with a lot of stress? Because if it's going to affect running, we need to back off running and bring running down. So we don't add to that uh, because you're not going to recover. So, you know, uh, being engaged with the athlete to the level that you understand that they're having a rough day, you know, that's the extent we need to know, not what's making it a rough day, but how much stress is being created outside of running. So, uh, you know, when we look at these type of things that we have to take all of that into account when we, we talk about the, the load that we're putting on the athlete. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, we touched on something too, um, about, you know, those that, that probably shouldn't be coached. Um, like, you know, I talked about the, you know, uh, the story that I was saying, um, you know, and I'll, I'll touch on a little bit more, but do you have any like, you know, folks in mind that you think maybe these aren't the right people for coaching? Um, as I was saying, more so people who might even have a tendency to overtrain the plan, the, the training plan, um, the people who think that what you're prescribing is not enough and that it's not going to benefit in their race. If they don't trust you, um, a as a coach and as a person, then that it, it probably isn't necessarily a good candidate to be coached. Uh, if, if you have problems with trusting someone and giving your training into their hands, that that's going to be a, a rough relationship as a coach athlete relationship. Um. Right. Right. No, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, as, as we were just saying, running, you know, coaches, they aren't for everybody, you know, um, is, as, you know, as, as much as we as coaches want to make sure that athletes are doing the right thing, there are those that, you know, they, they do just fine, um, you know, going out for a run, you know, their, their goals are completely different, you know, and I think it's for those that really are, um, you know, goal-minded or want improvement, um, or want guidance or even want to learn. Uh, you know, I've, I've got athletes that, that, you know, at some point they're going to go off on their own because they understand what these training principles are. They could become a coach themselves if they wanted to. And that's totally fine. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, I'm here for as long as that person wants to be, I, you know, I like, that's why I don't do contracts with folks. I don't ask them to sign a contract because I want me to be here for my services for as long as they need them. Cause if they're, you know, they're not going to use them or they don't want them. I don't want them paying me for that. That's not right. Uh, not to say that those that do that are, are wrong, but you know, it's my, you know, my principles that that's the way I feel. Um, so 
you know, when, when people are engaged and interested in coaching um, and they understand what that's going to entail, uh, you know, uh, as I said, when you're up front with it and talk to them about what they can expect, as long as they're receiving those expectations and are happy with what they're receiving, those are the folks that are, you know, are, are good to, to, you know, to coach. Whereas, you know, what we talked about earlier with those that, uh, you know, they, uh, um, they have other ideas or they're not following a schedule, you know, like, and I've had those folks as well. They, you know, they kind of just do this here, do that there. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, those are the folks that I'm like, listen, like, you know, I'm not really coaching you right now. (laughs) Um, I I don't feel right charging you money if you're not going to do anything that I'm putting on a schedule, you know, like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you're paying me, but at the same time, you're not doing anything that I say. So, you know, either a, we get on the same page or, or B like, you know, I, we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be uh, in this relationship. So. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that another thing that's like just super important uh, about the coach athlete relationship, and this even goes more so for, for coaches specifically rather than athletes is, um, for virtual coaching specifically, which is so prominent here in 2021 now because it's so much more convenient and there, there's risk, um, is realizing that you are helping and impacting the life of another human. It, it's hard to keep that human thought process in your mind when all you're doing is looking at spreadsheets and doing a training plan you need to really interact with that human that you are affecting their life with in order for this training plan to work. You need to be like, okay, where are your stresses coming from, from work? When works for you to do a workout because you're recovered from the stressful day at work, not necessarily the last run. Uh, it, it really is. I just wanted to emphasize that point and make sure that that people knew that, that the importance of making sure that that human interaction is still there, even if you're f- coaching fully virtually. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, to that point right now, most of our coaching is going to be virtually. You know, we, we don't have a lot of uh, face to face contact with a lot of people. Um but, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, we're trying to do things to make sure that there's still personal contact and not physical. You know, we're not going to see them in person, but like they're going to get that personal attention. Uh, and so, you know, if, if that's a if that's a big point for you as an athlete, um, you know, take that into consideration uh, that, you know, is the coach going to be in touch with me? How often, uh, you know, like what uh, in what ways, um, you know, is there. Um, is there, is there a group atmosphere, you know, a team atmosphere like ours, uh, you know, where they can collaborate with other runners that are in that team? Um, you know, I, th- I think that's one thing that I've really grown to love about, you know, our team is that, you know, we're, uh, you know, as we talked about the other night, we're here to kind of, you know, lift each other up and, and be a part of something larger. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's the other side of it too, which is interesting is like, I've got a lot of friends that are, that are on my team now and, and that I coach and, you know, they, they talk about that professional relationship that, you know, should transpire between a coach and an athlete, um, which goes back to my experiences. You know, my, my original coach was my cross country coach in high school um, that he's the one that impacted me the most. And I, I had him on episode one of this podcast. He is, you know, he is one of those people that are part of my family forever and and ever, you know, he's like my third father. <laughs> um, he's just, he made such an impact on me. And 
when he showed me how invested and how interested he was, you know, and he still does to this day, he came to that 50 K in New York just to, you know, be there and cheer me on. Like it's, you know, he's, he was engaged. Um, it's, it, he was, you know, he was nurturing and it's, it's hard to say, you know, we've got this professional relationship where like, you know, there's a line where, you know, it, you can't be, um, more than just a coach. Um, when, when you start to truly care about an athlete, it's, it does stem beyond just being a coach. You are more invested in the person when they tell you something's going on, your heart goes out to them, you know? And, and I, it like, I, I will respond in kind as to how I should respond as a person. Um, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say like, you know, I, all my love, like I, you know, I, I heartily, I love, you know, like people, like it should be, you know, we're, we're all, um, we're all one family and, you know, it's, it's, it should be dealt with in the fact that you regard these human beings as that as human beings. Uh, I, you know, I don't look at them as solely athletes. They are humans to me. And, and that interaction, I think, you know, uh, reflects how much I care for these people. So, you know, when we talk about how, how a professional, uh, coach should be, I kind of, I feel that, you know, that line, just like we talked about with nutrition gets skewed quite a bit because you are involved at, in a, something that we are all very passionate about. And I am, uh, you know, I, of course, am very passionate about running and sharing that. So when, you know, when, when I get a phone call from somebody or a message from somebody that something's going wrong, I, talk to me about it as much as you want. You know, I, I'm here to listen. Uh, and, but, you know, it, uh, again, it goes to that point where, you don't, uh, you know, like I can only give so much advice. I can listen, you know, and that's what I'm here for. Like, I will absolutely listen. You know, I will say, you know, I, uh, you know, whatever I have, to, you know, in my, my heart, but uh, like, I, I can't provide advice of course on certain things, but uh, you know, I think, you know, it's when we get vested like that, that's, you know, that's part of coaching as well. Um, you know, some, some coaches are just that that's their role. You know, here it is. Here's here's what I do, and you know, I, I don't want to know about anything else. But uh, I, you know, I I think it really truly you know gives us a better snapshot of the the person. Um, it builds a higher level of trust and commitment to one another. Um, so I mean, you know, it's of course there's certain athletes that that don't reach that you know that relationship, and that you know that's that's totally up to them. But you know, co like I said, coaching friends, um, you know, I I, I definitely. Um, I make sure they know I'm vested and, you know, and it, well, with all my athletes, I make sure they know I'm vested and to whatever level that may be. Um, I want them to feel comfortable with, you know, expressing whatever it is that's going on that that's, you know, weighing on them or, um, or their successes as well. I, I want to share in, you know, in those, uh, of course, is, you know, being a part of their successes as well as helping them through their failures and low times, um, which we all have. Uh, but, you know, I, and I think, you know, as, as a young coach, you'll, you'll begin to, to understand what I'm talking about as you, uh, as you start to, to coach more and more and, and see more and more athletes, uh, you know, like mm. I, I look at some of the, the greats and, you know, they're the same thing. When you hear people talk about, like, I listen to Dina Cassiter, I listen to her talk about, you know, um, you know, V Hill and, and their relationship and, you know, it's, it's, they, they really do make an impact, you know, and they were really engaged and they wanted to make sure that these were not only athletes. It's like I talked about the other day on the zoom conference. Like I want to make sure that they're, they understand that they're people too. 
and that, you know, we can grow as people together and um, sharing our experiences and learning from one another. So uh, I think that's another role that, that we have to play um, to whatever, you know, to whatever degree we're comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you. Um, and, and even just like with the athletes that I've coached already, I completely relate and understand exactly with what you're saying. Um, I think that it, it, it's, it's something that is inevitable um, for good coaches to be able to become emotionally invested in their athletes and just really, really want them to succeed from their, their core being that that's going to foster a more unique relationship than, than, than like a surface level. Ah, here's a training plan. Uh, good luck, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've talked coaching philosophy, you know, I, I told you to kind of develop a philosophy so that you're always reminded as to, um, you know, what is at the core, what you're trying to do. So let's, let's touch on philosophy for a minute. Um, do you want to touch on yours? Yeah. Um, I can just start by, by reading my philosophy just so that we can, we can talk on it after I I say it all rather than just touching on key points of it before, you know, knowing the full thing. So my running philosophy is, as a coach, I hope to work towards unlocking the full potential of my athletes while also fostering their love of this sport in the outdoors. Each person's journey as an athlete is completely individual. So as a coach, I want to build relationships with each of my clients that will help me understand how to best support them. One of the reasons I became a coach was the joy I found in helping others achieve goals they thought were out of reach. By understanding my clients' specific strengths and weaknesses, I hope to create training plans that capitalize on their individuality as athletes. I also believe that encouraging health in all aspects of one's lifestyle, including footwear, diet, and mental well-being, is essential in this journey. My goal is to push my athletes in order to help them reach their goals while emphasizing the importance of recovery in order to keep them healthy and happy. Yeah, so that's my full philosophy. And I just want to stress some key points of it, specifically um, the, the emphasizing the importance of recovery, because I think that that is is something that needs to be emphasized. I think when athletes, sometimes when athletes come on, they're like, ah, I just want to go full gas 24 seven. I want to get so in shape for this race and just completely crush it. When in reality, running as a lifestyle rather than a sport is something that is much more all encompassing and is something that needs to be regulated with recovery. They need to, uh, I think that more people need to realize that it is not a constant build throughout the entire year. There really is key instances that recovery is so much more beneficial to an athlete and a person mentally, physically, um, than, than they really give it credit for. Yes. I, I mean, recovery is one of those topics that, I mean, we can expound on for, for hours and perhaps we will on another episode because recovery is just so integral part of every program. And I think that even includes, um, you know, just down to when it is an easy day and how easy is that easy day. Um, I think a lot of folks lose sight of, uh, you know, uh, maybe their easy days are, are, you know, not as easy as they think they are, and they're actually going a little too hard. So mm-hmm. um, a great topic. Um, I think one of the key takeaways that that I would also 
um, harp on is the joy of running. Um, and if you've read any of my newsletters or, you know, listened to any of my podcasts or, uh, read any of my Facebook posts, um, happiness and joy, uh, should be celebrated through running. Um, I think running is, is, uh, is a journey. Training is a journey. Uh, you've, you've probably heard it time and time again from others that, you know, this, this training process is a journey and the race is the destination. And we would be remiss not to enjoy every moment of the journey because we miss something if we did. Um, so, you know, it's happiness is a key factor. I want to make sure that runners are not only, you know, they're, they're enjoying running, but that it's making their lives more enriched and more, uh, more content that it improves their, their well being. You know, it's, it should be, uh, not a stress. I always tell them, you know, just as we talked about earlier, if running is stressing you out because you don't have the time to do it, or it's not a priority, that's totally fine. Don't make yourself upset or more stressed with trying to fit something in that just can't happen in your schedule. Um, it's, you know, it, we're not getting paid for this, you know, like in running, I mean, you know, it's, if you're a professional, that's a different thing, but, you know, and I know we have goals and we're worried about getting to that goal, but at the same time, why decrease our, uh, our well-being? Uh, you know, just because we're trying to squeeze something in that really we, we shouldn't be, it's just going to make things tougher on us and potentially, you know, make our overall health worse. Um, so you know, keep, keep running, um, joyful, light, um, you know, it, and make sure that you're, you're having fun. Um, especially at, at the runs, you know, I, I wait, what I said to an athlete the other day, she said, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting anxious about this goal. I'm, I'm having a lot of anxiety. And what my answer to her was, I said, why don't you take that anxiety and turn it into gratitude? You know, we should be happy and joyful that we have the opportunity to do the things that we do. Uh, you know, gratitude is huge. And I, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we talk about gratitude a lot, but do we actually reflect and give gratitude when it's due? I mean, you know, to be able to go out and run a 5k marathon, whatever, an ultra, that's, that's something that's amazing. And, you know, to be able to do these things, uh, you know, go out and celebrate them with, with others or by yourself, whether it's on the road or on the trail, that's something truly amazing. Uh, you know, and, and to, to say that, yeah, I did this event. I mean, yeah, you did something amazing. You know, take a moment to to recognize that. Have the grace to say, "Dang, I'm thankful I got to do that." And and don't be upset or nervous about it. Just be, you know, excited. Like make it something that you're excited about and you're thankful for the opportunity to do. Um, yeah, I think I think that's really big. I, I completely agree with you, and I think that is going into like running mindset is just why do you run? And I think that's something that athletes and coaches and just everybody who is a runner needs to ask themselves that question, especially in the hard times. If you are digging deep in a workout or if you're having something go on in your life that's really impactful and upsetting, why do you run? What does it do for you? Is it your de-stressor? Is it something to get your anxious energy out? At the end of the day, it, it's not all about that end goal. 
it really is about enjoying you and utilizing this journey for healthy purposes. If you reflect on this and you're like, ah, I'm using running to fuel my anxiety and I'm running because I'm anxious. Maybe, maybe it's time to take a step back and think about why you're running. Maybe I should change this purpose, th- this use case of running and, and, and just reflect and realize that maybe that's not the healthiest thing to be doing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's also okay just to do it because you love doing it. Yeah, um, absolutely. That That's the, a big point to emphasize. Just do it because you love it. Yeah. That's, when it comes down to it, if you put a why to why you're doing something, uh, why you're doing a race, you know, when it comes down to it, a medal, a buckle, uh, that's, that's not enough why sometimes. You'll get deep and, and you'll be hurting and, you know, thinking of quitting. When you go to like, why am I doing this then? You know, for a medal, for a buckle, is that why I'm doing this? Sometimes that's, I mean, well, a lot of times that's not going to be enough. You know, you truly have to find passion and and reasons that you deep down are going to finish this when it's really getting to that point where you're like, it's easier for me just to quit, you know? And, and so having those conversations with the coach, you know, uh, when you talk about goals for your season, uh, each one, what, you know, whatever build up races they are, uh, up to the goal race, talk about your why and, and make sure it's strong because when you get to that point, if you need it, it needs to be strong. So anyhow, the, uh, I think, uh, I think that's a, a you know, a, a great, great conversation there on the, uh, um, on coaching. Um, mm-hmm. I, I certainly appreciate your, your contributions there. Um, you know, as, as, uh, um, as we kind of talk about, um, coaching and, and, um, all of these plans, um, you know, there's, there's, there's other ways of, of coaching. We kind of touched on the cookie cutter plans, uh, that are out there. Um, you know, the, and they are suitable for some, uh, you know, there, there's a reason, uh, that, you know, people can use them. Um, you know, I, 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 I've created individualized plans in which, you know, I, I basically write a schedule and send it to the person, but it's based on their individual needs. But, you know, there's, there's couch to uh, 5k, um, programs and, and, you know, run your first marathon. It's just a generic plan, you know, that's sent out there. Um, what, you know, what do you, what do you think about those? Who do they make sense for? Yeah. Um, so in, in regards to cookie cutter plans, I, I, I do not personally implement them just due to, you know, my philosophy and how I really think that, um, I, I want my coaching to be something that is completely individual and adaptive. But as you said as well, these cookie cutter training plans, the the pre-written ones are definitely have their specific use case for certain athletes. I, I fully believe that people can have success with these. And I think it is for the type of people that aren't really willing to have that coach athlete relationship. They don't want to have that much interaction with somebody. They want it to be more individual. I, I've had athletes that, that, um, that feel pressured that I'm going to be disappointed in them. And I just have to, to reiterate, I'm like, Oh no, d- please don't worry about that. I am on your team. I am your number one cheerleader. I am, I am not going 
to ever be disappointed in you. I'm just going to see if if we experience failure together, that's going to be something that we look at, learn from, and move on. Um, but but sidebar sidebar aside, um, I, I really do think that that cookie cutter plans are for those people that are are, are not really are, are maybe a little bit more nervous to to disappointing a coach maybe or if they don't have the time to have that relationship um as well as just like maybe this is their first foray into uh a a coaching plan or even a running plan and they are looking for something that's very low risk mild and um generally accepted yeah yeah, I mean, it could be a great introductory to uh, to coaching. Just you know, it's the most informal sense of coaching, but you know, it's a it's a good way to see if you follow a schedule. How do you do? Um, you know, are you getting out there on a daily basis? And you know, if not, do you need that kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you need that uh, um, that person looking over your shoulder? Um, you know, to to give you that. Uh, um, um, you know, that, that amount of, uh, accountability, sorry, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> do you need, uh, do you need accountability? Um, you know, so, uh, because the next step would be to, to finding a coach and, uh, you know, going into the things that, you know, we were just touching on, but uh, as you said, I do think they have their place, uh, for, especially for beginner runners. Um, mm-hmm. it's a great, um, non-threatening way to, to kind of get into running, um, even if you don't do uh, a 5k, you know, it's just a way of getting fitness, um, and, uh, and learning about yourself and, you know, do you enjoy running? It's, you know, it's a great introduction to the sport. Uh, and, and of course I'm talking like couch to 5k right now, but you know, even if you're trying a new distance and, uh, you know, you're kind of intimidated by a new type of training, it gives good guidance. It's, you know, they're great points of guidance, but if you feel that you need more instruction, uh, more attention to your, your training or matter, then, you know, then you can level up to a coach. So, um, I think they have their place. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't feel comfortable writing cookie cutter plans myself, just like you just said. Um, I, I just, I'd rather, you know, write something to the person, um, and make sure that they're getting, you know, something that's uh, more suited to them or my hope is it's more suited to them. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I I absolutely love what you do with the the kind of like hybrid of completely individualized coaching for for certain scenarios. Obviously, this isn't your your main form of coaching, but you have this side option of like, hey, this is super low stress. Um, I'm going to make you a completely individual plan based on your past, uh, but I'm just going to give it to you all at once. Um, yep. Yep. And, and I, I think that's such a great way to do this format of coaching. It's, it's, it's nice. I, I, I spoke with a woman the other day, uh, that's looking to do a 50 K. Uh, and so, you know, the way we set it up is we have this phone conversation. Uh, we talk about the goal, uh, any build up races. We talk about, you know, how many days a week the person's training, um, days they can't train, um, you know, any, anything that they like to add, whether it be like core strength, mobility, you know, those type of things that they want incorporated into this program or to know which days are better to do those type of things. If they already incorporate it, you know, given they go to a gym or something. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great to, you know, have that, that, that conversation. Then I write the plan. 
Um, I turn the plan over to the person and we have another phone conversation. We go through it, make sure it makes sense, make any changes that are necessary. And then that person's off and running. They literally, they just go off and do their thing. Um, it's okay if they, you know, have a question at one point and kind of just reach back out, you know, email or something like that. Just ask a question. I don't mind that at all. Um, and I want to, of course, hear how the goals go, you know, how are the buildup races? How are, I mean, this, you know, this is, <laughs> I'm invested now, <laughs> you know, so uh, I think it's a it's a cool way to to kind of uh, again introduce people to coaching that may not want that formalized coaching, but you know they they can still get a uh, a plan that's that's suited individually to them. Um, so um, you know we we've talked a lot about um, you know learning. Um, we're you know we're we're constant students in life uh, as well as as coaches we are we're constantly learning. But um, do you have any good uh, resources that you would suggest for for others that they can read or listen to? Yeah, so currently I I don't really have any other like like podcasts that I would like to plug, but there is one um, actually account on Instagram that I would love to plug because it has helped me a lot, and I think that it is extremely informative and so many more people could do to see this on their feed um and this is this is my very close friend uh he also works at FootRx Asheville the account is called Joe Quinlan underscore pedorthics so Joe is a pedorthist and he is doing just some really really amazing things locally um, and he recently started this Instagram account in order to help foster knowledge about specific foot problems that, that that people aren't quite as aware of. Um, and I would absolutely love to do another podcast at another time about these specific pro, uh, foot problems. And I would love to have Joe on as well, if that was something you would be interested in. Um, but just to like foster awareness and to get people interested in the situation, I would, I would highly recommend um, following this growing channel, uh, okay. not channel um, account. I will put that in the, the show notes. Uh, yeah. People can can uh, find Joe and his account. Uh, yeah, Joe is an amazing individual in his own right. Um, if you uh, have listened to previous episodes, I ran uh, the first marathon of Joe's um, Archel run. So Joe ran from uh, the Art Lobe Trailhead up to uh, the Mountains to Sea Trail, and then did uh, from there to uh, Mount Pisgah, summited it, and then did Pitchell, which is. 100 mile effort. So uh, Joe has been talked about in previous episodes. And yes, Joe will definitely be a, a future guest. Um, Thad and, and perhaps uh, my my old business partner, Scott uh, Sosha, we can we can all talk uh, pedorthics and, and footwear and, uh, you know, orthotic devices. Mm-hmm. I would um, love to be a part of that. Uh, and, you know, there there are so many good books out there. And it really depends on, um, you know, what's uh, what you're trying to accomplish as a runner. Um, you know, I, I mean, I look up at my bookshelf and, um, I'm looking at, you know, kind of close to 20 or more books up there from, from you know, various coaches. And, uh, so, I mean, you can definitely, you know, hop on Google and, and just kind of, uh, you know, look and, and kind of find what kind of topic are you interested in? Are you interested in marathoning? Are you interested in sub marathon, ultra marathon, I mean, and, you know, if you really want a, a recommendation for, you know, good books and, and resources, feel free to reach out. That's, uh, you know, that's what we're for. Uh, you know, feel free to find us on, on social media. Uh, you know, I always talk about in the closing how you can reach me. So um, by all means, ask questions if you're looking for resources. 
uh, there's so many good things out there. And, you know, I've, I've been, <laughs> I've been scouring the web and, and actually going to uh, uh, international websites to pick up um, out of print literature. Um, so it, it's been really neat researching some of these. I hear about them on some of the, the other podcasts. Um, uh, Magnus and Magnus, they're, uh, they have a great coaching podcast uh, and they talk a lot about previous coaches and legends of our sport. And they always give good resources for books that they have have uh, read and, and uh, you know, came across uh, in their in their time as coaches. So, um, uh, so that. Hey man, I want to say thank you for your time here. Um, we're obviously going to do some some more podcasts. Uh, we'll be more specific on on training, like we talked about with recovery, and and you know we can get into long runs and stuff like that. We'll have plenty of different topics that we can go over. But I want to thank you for for sharing your, uh, you know your uh, yourself, your philosophy, uh, your opinion on matters here, and and uh, and just you know giving me that time, and and I really appreciate it, buddy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just want to send it right back at you and say thank you for having me on this amazing podcast and i'm really excited to do some more content in the future uh, i already got some some ideas swirling around in the head so um, uh, well, dad um how can people find you um so uh the easiest way to contact me if you have a question and would like to reach out is my email um my work email is mrrunningpainsthad at gmail.com um and just socials uh i just recently created a facebook that is just thad mcneil and my instagram is t mcneil zero um so if you have any questions uh i am open for any direct messages towards me uh i will answer all of them related to coaching and if you would be uh, interested about like talking about training plans or whatnot, I am obviously open to talking about that as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's about all of the the medias that I am socialed. <laughs> Excellent, my friend. Once again, buddy, thanks for the time. Oh, absolutely. It was nice talking to you, Aaron. Well, as, as always, I want to thank my guest, Thad McNeil, for his time and his thoughts and um, allowing us to uh, share those you know, with you guys today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, and again, if you have questions on coaching, um, you know, want to look into coaching, have a conversation, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, both of our contacts are on mrrunningpains.com. I can be reached at runningpains at gmail.com. And uh, Thad is mrrunningpainsthad at gmail.com. So those are both on the website. Um, and, uh, you know, Thad gave us a few other um, ways to, to get in touch with him there. I'll, I'll leave all those in the show notes. So uh, by all means, reach out if you have uh, any, any questions or comments or, uh, you know, anything we can go over. Um, and also, if you have other ideas for the podcast, I'd love to hear those. Um, you know, one upcoming episode that I will be recording is uh, um, a listener request. And uh, we're going to talk about um, dogs and running with your dogs and, uh, you know, how young to get them started and how to get them started, etiquette, all that kind of stuff. I've got a, a friend who's a veterinarian um, who runs with, uh, with his dog. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit, you know. Uh, on that subject. So uh, love hearing those requests. Um, so please, anything you want to hear about, just let me know. Um, 
you know, other things going on. Um, last time I talked to you, I was getting ready to run the South Mountains 50K, and uh, the race was postponed due to uh, the snow we had here. Uh, right call, obviously, um, and uh, it's postponed till January 30th. So um, I will <clears throat> I will see if uh, that lines up, um, you know, and I have uh, one of the athletes that I coach is out in Arizona as we speak, and uh, you know, the athlete was telling me how bad, you know, COVID is out there. And, you know, I, I, I just hope that the numbers can begin to diminish as May approaches because uh, the Cocodona 250, uh, you know, I just yeah, <laughs> love to go, but it may not be the, the right time to go. I mean, I've been training for this and thinking about it, but it just may not be the right right move. So um, coming up with a backup plan just in case. Um, got something pretty cool in mind. Uh, it's going to take a little bit more research, uh, to, to come together, but hopefully, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, with, with everything. So, uh, also signed up for a 50 miler in Tennessee. Um, the, uh, the name of the race, uh, it's, uh, man, I totally blanked on the name of the race. It's, um, uh, it's around the rim in Sawney, Tennessee. I'm really looking forward to uh, to checking it out. Um, never been to that area, so um, should be pretty cool. But um, either way, it should be a good tune up for for what I'm doing. So, uh, and then uh, I also signed up for the virtual Black Mountain Marathon since Mount Mitchell Challenge isn't happening. Um, I think my buddy Dave Workman that uh, that I ran shut in with and a lot of other adventures, I think uh, him and I will do that as well. Uh, just go run the marathon together in, in February. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm up to in, in running. Um, I had a really bad stomach bug last week. So uh, I had a really low week last week, just kind of recovering from that and you know, get my volume back up, my legs back under me, feeling pretty good again. So, um, back to training. So you can follow me on Strava, uh, Aaron Saft, MR Running Pains on Strava. Um, we've got the MR Running Pains coaching page uh, on Facebook, MR Running Pains on Instagram, Aaron Saft on YouTube. Um, really didn't get a chance to do many videos, uh, as I had hoped. So going to try to work on those again. Uh, you know, it's, uh, other content that I want to get up there. So, I uh, just need the time to do it. Uh, I'll be crewing for a buddy tomorrow. He's running the Fierce Dragon. Uh, and as I record this, it's um, Tuesday, January 12th. It's actually my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Ambrin. And um, I'll be heading to Georgia tomorrow to Vogel to, uh, to pace my friend Michael Patton. He's running the Fierce Dragon 200 miler. So uh, looking forward to that. It should be a fun experience. So uh, you know, maybe uh, after he finishes, he'll be a podcast episode as well. I'd love to hear about his his epic, um, adventures there. I hope all goes well. He's actually out on the trail as we speak. So pretty cool. Um, and, um, as I kind of talked about, you know, in the beginning of the show, um, I did create a Patreon account. So, uh, if you want to support the show, um, you know, I, I, I don't have sponsors. I, I, I want to try to keep this nice and clean and, um, and just, uh, be able to give you pertinent information without the uh, affect of, uh, of sponsors. So um, Patreon is a way to do it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, I certainly appreciate the the support. Um, and uh, and if you you know if you have a dollar, two dollars, five dollars a month that you can support the show, help me uh, with the costs of it. I certainly would appreciate that. 
Um, and um, all else is well, my friends. I hope you are. I hope you stay safe. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next time.